1: Are you listening? 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 Are
0: you listening? listening? Guys, gals, and Odd Binary Pals, welcome to the Are You Listening Podcast, the podcast where a couple of bros sit around, hanging out, talking about craft beer. Yeah, bro. (laughs) The Are You Listening Podcast is a podcast where we meet, talk about a record that one of us has experience with, and the other is experiencing it for this podcast alone. I am the one who experienced this record on this episode. That's why I'm introducing it. I am Brand. I'm here with Scott. Scott, hello there, sir. Hello, how are you? I'm fantastic. My mustache says so. It uh, does. It's good to hear you've been having a good morning. I know the past couple have been rough for you, so I'm excited to get into this. I'm hoping that that might help out this record a little bit, because I have I have ideas of what's going to happen. Uh, don't give it away right now. I'm not. <laughs> uh, I'm going to dive into the band. And a fun thing about this one is normally in a lot of these, we don't have a very in-depth idea of how these bands start. Sure. And this one kind of might go a little too deep. Like there's things that I'm just like, why do we know this? Why do I have to know this? And I even left some out, but it gets pretty in-depth. Input where you feel necessary. Sweet, let's do it. The band Forever the Sickest Kids, sometimes abbreviated as FTSK, is an American pop-punk band from Dallas, Texas. Hmm. Did you see Dallas, Texas?
1: I did not see Dallas, Texas, and the pop-punk label were playing loosely with it.
0: Okay. <laughs> In 2001 to 2004, the members of Forever Kids were slowly brought together from separate paths. Yeah, oh. that, that, yeah that's oh. where we're starting.
1: We're starting at like a novel.
0: It's I, I like, was just
1: going to say, I feel like we're starting a fantasy novel. Like, <laughs> we all met at a tavern. Well, from
0: Burleson, <laughs> Texas... Jonathan Cook and Kyle Burns were in a band in high school together called Good Day Joseph
1: Good Day Joseph
0: but it's like J-O-S-E-F I think so it might be Joseph Joseph. might be Joseph sure around that same time in Hearst, Texas Mark Stewart and Kent Garrison were in a band together called Triumph Over Tragedy okay and in Rockwell, Texas Caleb Terman and Austin Bellow were in an acoustic pop-punk band committed.
1: Committed.
0: So, the th- the three bands all played local clubs around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and on occasion at the same venues and events. Okay. Burns and Stewart are stepbrothers, resulting in oh. Good Day Yosef and Triumph Over Tragedy sharing a practice space in their parents' garage.
1: Interesting.
0: Do you see what I mean of how much information there is here? Yeah, like it's- yeah. That's super wild. In 2004, upon the breakup of Good Day Yosef and Triumph Over Tragedy, Cook, Stewart, and Burns formed the band Flipside. So around the same time, Committed broke up, and then childhood friends Terman and Bello formed an electronic acoustic project called Ben Bradley. Okay. Now, how do you feel about the terms acoustic and electronic put together <laughs> those kind of don't work for me <laughs> i feel like the the key definition of acoustic is not electronic not electronic
1: <laughs> yeah i might
0: be wrong i don't know the band ben bradley they never released any official albums or eps but they did release multiple songs on their myspace page
1: oh myspace
0: this made me think get thinking though how many bands are there out there yeah. that have we have listened to and no songs from that were never pressed anywhere. And now they're gone forever.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Like, that's
0: insane to think of that this yeah. band, they put out 10 songs on their MySpace page and they will never be heard unless it's somebody that has those files.
1: Yeah. That's, that's an insane thing to think of. That's so crazy. Yeah, that is crazy.
0: So with both bands Flipside and committed eventually end ending, Cook and Stewart came into contact with Bellow and Terman, and it was suggested that the remaining members form a new band.
1: A super group.
0: I guess. Yeah, I guess we (laughs) could call it. Forever Sickest Kids was formed. Cook remained on vocals. Terman took rhythm guitar and vocals. Bellow was on bass guitar and vocals. Stewart on lead guitar. Burns on drums. And Garrison switched to keyboard. There it is. So, here is where Forever Sickest Kids becomes forever the sickest kids. Gotcha. Days, just days after the formation of the band. Like mm-hmm. just days after they decided they were going to be a band. Cook accidentally spent $350 that the band did not have on Pure Volume to have them featured as a front
1: page song on that website Pure oh, Volume. Jesus. Okay, first off, the term accidentally spent. I've I've <laughs> used that one before. Uh it's yep. never an accident. <laughs> Yeah, I've never been on the business side
0: of your volume to see like how many times you have to confirm that you're spending this sure, money. Yeah, I'm just going to go with it for the story. It's a better story with it. I, I like it. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, days after the band was formed, he spent that money to give them front page, okay? The band yeah. hasn't written any
1: songs yet. Nothing. They're just plans to be front page of that website eventually. Yeah, yeah
0: he hit the button, and they had to write <laughs> So... God. The band quickly contacted producer Jeff Rockwell and managed to write Hey, Britney and record it in studio. Okay. And the song was a success and and led to many plays and views on pure volume as well as across the Internet as a whole. Hey, it worked out. So then listen to this. The band landed a record deal just off of that one accidental spending of three hundred fifty dollars. They landed a record deal off the accidental spending of $350 with Universal (laughs) Motown Records. Whoa, really? In in April of 07. That's a weird record label to get signed to. There was a, I can't remember what episode it was when we talked about Pure Volume, but I I do recall I mentioned Forever the Sickest Kids briefly because they did get a deal off of it. Like Pure Volume, they were one of the big ones. The Gym Class Heroes, I believe, was another one. You're right, yeah off of purevolume.com after their record deal the band released its first ep television off party on with the label on july 3rd two more eps the sickest warp tour ep and hot party jams with a z hot party jams they followed months later and then they played that year's warp tour okay wait
1: were they playing warp tour when they put out the warp tour fun time ep or whatever it's called
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the sickest Warp Tour EP. There you go. <laughs> and I saw them at Warp Tour. Oh, really? Okay. And I can probably... I, I, will, I wouldn't have been able to piece it together of how I came across them until they mentioned that Pure Volume. I bet you I saw them on the front page of Pure Volume, listened to that song, yeah. and started being like, okay, yeah, I'm into this neon pop stuff. Let's go. You were, you were jamming.
1: Hey, Brittany. That,
0: that is kind of the... Pop punk is more of a broader term because there are like genres within it, and this would yeah. be more the neon pop time, like the super scene neon times.
1: The power pop,
0: like you could see all these guys in those those glasses that like were supposed to help cataracts. The, I think with the, the lines on them.
1: the slatted glasses, yeah, yes, yes. yeah, that didn't help you with anything. No. They they not just made all. you look super cool. I had a pair that <laughs> that were doesn't not, surprise me for some reason.
0: They didn't have the lines the whole way down though. They just had like three oh, okay. lines at the top, and then they, oh. were, they were they were sunglasses the rest of the way. They were red. They were sick. I was in it, man. I was yeah. in it. You were about that neon pop punk life. I was heavy into the neon. Heavy gotcha. into the neon. the band's debut album, Underdog Alma Mater. Was released April twenty ninth,
1: two thousand eight. Okay, so this is their debut. Debut in two thousand eight. In two thousand eight. Gotcha.
0: So other albums released April two thousand eight. One of okay, both of our favorite parts of this yeah. show. Here we go. April first, and this isn't a joke. Not April Fool's Day.
1: April Fool's Day. In Flames <laughs> put out the record A Sense of Purpose. I know the band name. They're on the the heavier side of. No, like, they're a metal band, yeah? Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Kind of technical. Kind of technical. Ooh. A little faster. They have fans of different eras of the band. Like, there are people okay. who just absolutely will bow down to their early stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not as many people that will get down with probably my favorite albums by them. Uh, okay. the number, I think my favorite album by them is Come Clarity. I was a big fan of that record, but I don't see a lot of people talking about it. Okay. Uh, But they, I believe they're one of the they're in the Scandinavian area. Like they're either from Sweden or Norway or those places. Uh, I think you dig them. I don't know if I care enough. Maybe I'll revisit, come clarity, and see how I feel about it to see if I want to bring it to you or not. But
1: okay, I'll hold off until you let me know. Okay. Uh,
0: Sense of purpose. I recall the cover because it looked like a cover of what every band that warped were did like it was like <laughs> colors and like a weird headed creature at the time. Sure, like, it, was, yeah. it didn't match who in flames was in my head. Mm. Also on April 1st, we have anti-flags, the bright lights of America.
1: Yeah. We, we had our discography. I think you grabbed that one up. I think our, I did. It's discography eagle-headed draft. Yeah. Eagle headed gentleman. Yes. The yellow and black
0: also on April 1st. I was into these guys. Not sure if you listened to them. Veil of Maya put out The Common Man's Collapse.
1: No, I don't know them either.
0: That was one of those bands that I just saw opening for bands. Like I think I saw them open for Acacia Strain twice. So I just kind of got through that. Sure. Also on April 1st, I feel like this would be a Scott band. No use for a name.
1: Put out the
0: good record of the year.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's that's not my favorite record of theirs. I'm a bigger fan of their... um... Like middle era stuff, Leche Che Con Carne is a fantastic record. I think my favorite one of theirs though is Making Friends, uh, and I believe they're on the list for you. Mm-hmm. They're really great. RIP Tony Sly. I know the name. Yeah. I may have,
0: I may have listened to Future Acts. They may have popped up on some compilations at some point. I was going to say never... they were
1: all over some compilations. Yeah,
0: and they also had one of those names where, even though I was listening to them. Like before, I understood anything about music. I was probably writing them on folders and shit. Like when <laughs> right. you would
1: just
0: write that name you know down on a yeah. folder.
1: One hundred percent. I used to do that too.
0: Also on April first, we have the band Seven Dust, which I think we talked about Ooh. briefly. They put out Chapter Seven: Hope
1: and Sorrow. Don't know that record. I don't either. And does this <laughs> can have seven records out? That's what I was just wondering because I I know of like
0: two. I think I know two also. Yeah. I think Seven Dust is a better band they get credit for. I think they get lumped in with other bands that they don't deserve. But Probably. That's another, that's another topic for another episode. Yeah. April 5th, the band The Creep Show put out Run For Your Life. You Are you familiar with The Creep Show? Not at all. I just listened to this record this year because... Um, Shout out to Lace. She's got into them and told me to listen to them. They are very... Okay, not very. They are. They're Psychobilly. That's just what they are. Gotcha. And she was getting into them and she's like, have you listened to this? And I did not, so I listened. I enjoyed it enough. Psychobilly's not my main genre of choice. I I think we've talked about that before. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) I liked what I heard. I did. Oh, that's good. Uh, April 7th, we have Children of Bodom with Blood Drunk.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't listened to them either.
0: Yeah, if you want to talk technical, some of the guitar work on there is absolutely batshit insane. Oh, okay. Like, absolute insane guitar work. To the point where I I still don't know if Stick ever liked them, but we were all in metal so much that he had to find one band to latch onto, and <laughs> sure, I think yeah. the guitar work may have done it for him, and gotcha. he had... Children of Bodom shirt that I still recall to this day. Every time I saw him wearing, I would point out and be like, hey, Children of Bodom, what's up? <laughs> Next up, April 8th, a band that I enjoyed one album from, Fools, and this was the oh, album Antidotes. So Fools did that. Uh, everything that burns must be saved or something. It's F O A L S, not F O O L S. Okay. okay. Was, I think they're like an indie rock band, and I, I enjoyed that record. But then something happened with the band because it was that was part one that I enjoyed, and before part two came out, there was some kind of thing about the lead singer, something awful, I think. Oh. And it was just,
1: oh, I can't do that now. Yeah, we're not, we're, <laughs> not, we're not, we're not fans of that situation of any yeah. of those situations. Yeah, no. April eighth, we
0: have another band that I think would be a Scott band, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I've
1: had very little experience with nick cave and the bad seeds but i feel like i feel the same thing as you like i feel like that should be a scott band uh i just haven't experienced enough i think i listened to one record
0: would that record be dig lazarus dig with a bunch of exclamation points
1: <laughs> no it was an early one it was like something about leaves i don't know okay. I, I don't know
0: i i don't know if yeah. i've ever listened to Old Nick Cave project, but I've heard a bunch of tracks, and I didn't yeah. hate them. But at the same point, I think we all can agree here that it's probably not my speed to listen to. I imagine to a probably not. On April eighth, again, this is two thousand eight, so well, yeah. it was weird for me that this band had an album out, and then later I saw it on the Billboard charts, but it's not in like the top five that I have written down, and I forgot oh, okay. to write it down. Sure, uh, P O D. Oh, okay. In two thousand eight. In 2008, put out When Angels and Serpents Dance.
1: Okay. I know they came out with that one record. All I know is Youth of a Nation. Isn't that yeah, their that, big hit? Yep. That's the one. We oh, are, no. we are, We are. Is that that? The Youth of the Nation. Yeah. Actually, I think I know of two records of theirs. The one that came oh. before The Youth of the Nation.
0: Youth of the Nation, I think, is the only track by them I even know.
1: I can't tell you another track. I, I think you think... the nation
0: rip though. Like, I'll I'll throw that on that. I'm gonna do a mix CD that has those Creed songs. <laughs> song. There's a bunch of wow. Wild... I'll put some Bon Jovi songs on there. I know how you hate them. Oof.
1: That's a that's a, that's not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there was a couple bands. I didn't write these other two down, but Def Leppard had a new record out in 08. Wow. And oh, there was another one too. There was another oh, White Snake had a new album out in 2008. Really? Yeah, I wrote. I didn't write those down because I was just like, I don't. This doesn't seem right. Somebody's lying. <laughs> right. And Testament had a new record out, which Testament just came out with another new record, like this year. Yeah, it's wild. Because have you ever in your life met somebody that listens to Testament?
1: Not ever in my entire life.
0: No, me neither. So <laughs>
1: what, what's what are they them? doing? <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, you enjoy Testament. I hope. I hope you enjoy it to the fullest because you're a rarity. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not saying I dislike Testament. I don't think anything's wrong with Testament. I just never felt a desire to dive deep into Testament.
1: I don't know that I've ever heard a single song from that band. Yeah, that might be
0: true. <laughs> I bet, But I bet you the name was enough to, for me to at least like dabble when I was younger. Gotcha, yeah. So I guess going in a completely different direction from POD and to the other side of this spectrum... On April 14th, we have the band Annotations of an Autopsy put out before the Throne of Infection.
1: I have absolutely no idea what I was doing in 2008 from this (laughs) list. (laughs) Annotations (laughs) of an Autopsy are
0: super heavy, kind of grindy actually at times, like very grindcore-ish. Okay. One of the few grindcore-ish bands I ever got into. All right. And then they did do a oh, it's, it's hard to even explain like a like a beatdown record almost like so oh. far straying from their realm. And sure. they did like a beatdown record in in the vein of like an Acacia strain or like in a mirror. But they did it almost like making fun of it about how like look how easy this is to play because like all we do is shred and dick around and then this is easy. But it was one of the heaviest fucking records I've ever heard. Oh, wow, OK. And loved it but I don't think I was supposed to love it. If you're a fan of annotations of an autopsy.
1: Okay. That's like wild. one of
0: the, <laughs> the, the single that was off of it. No, now that I'm thinking of it, maybe it wasn't a full record. Maybe it was just a single that they put out making fun of it. Cause that sounds more realistic. Okay. But it's, it starts out with like just a long, like string sound. And then he just screams pure fucking hate into one of the sickest breakdowns <laughs> I've ever heard. Okay. Like it is fucking brutal. I, I love that track so much. I'm going to send that to you when we're done here. Sure. I don't think I was supposed to like it. Like that, that's where I, was, I <laughs> yeah. think, if I liked the annotation of an autopsy, I don't think I was supposed to like that 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 track.
1: But you did. You loved it. Oh, I fucking loved it. <laughs> that's all I wanted.
0: I was like, oh, now I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. More, right. more, more. Gotcha. Uh, so then moving, I guess, in a different direction from that, even April 15th, we have. Thrice they put out Alchemy Index volumes three and four.
1: Okay, uh, I thrice about the alchemy. Of, Index yeah, they lost me with the Alchemy Index stuff.
0: It was a bit. It was a bit far fetched for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it was for me too. I was still in the artist in the ambulance phase of thrice that I loved. <laughs> yes, uh, and I think Vishnu came out before the Alchemy Index, and that really didn't hit for me. See, I then, liked
0: that one a lot, and then Alchemy
1: Index let me down. I had to go back to Vishnu uh, after Alchemy Index and be like, oh, this is actually good. But then after the Alchemy Index, they took a a pretty long break, but then came back with some new stuff that I really, really liked.
0: That album that had like Black Mountains on the cover, like Seismograph, whatever it was. Yeah. That had yeah. sugar candy or rock candy or Black, black Mountain honey. candy.
1: Black I got, honey. I was close. <laughs> you, were I <laughs> you were getting there. You were getting there.
0: Next up, I think you may listen to these guys. April 15th, uh, The Ghost Inside put out Fury and the Fallen Ones.
1: I don't think I've ever heard of them.
0: I'm not familiar with this record, but there was a record by them that I really enjoyed. I think it was A Ghost Inside. All all I can remember on the cover was like, you know how when you take pictures with like long exposure, how Mm -hmm. lights, like there's the travel, it was like brake light maybe, or just a red light on the cover. I don't remember what it was. I I liked that record. All right, I think you'd like that record. I'm going to double check. I don't know if I'll bring it to you, but I'll I'll look into it. Okay. April 19th, I had to add this on here because every time we do a record, this artist has a record out, and we're both equally as confused as to why it's happening, (laughs) how it's happening, and who decided it needed to happen. Sure. It is Madonna putting
1: out Hard Candy in 2008. In 2008. How does she keep coming out with stuff that nobody knows about? I think this is why
0: people now will talk about like Madonna concerts and they will say, I want to look at the set list before I go because <laughs> there was a time where if you went to see Madonna, you were getting nothing but hits. Sure. Yeah. But now, depending on if she's going to pick from, I don't know, her first two, three albums or the other 10 she's released that nobody cared about. Yeah. That's tough.
1: Right. It's are tough. we doing throwback Madonna or are we doing crazy artsy <laughs> exactly. Madonna? Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I couldn't, guess what
0: this madonna album sounds like no I idea I, guess. I have no clue what madonna
1: was up to in 08 i was gonna say even based off of this list of stuff that's coming out in 2008 i couldn't tell you what madonna was doing <laughs> yes i couldn't even fathom a guess
0: this next one i would guess would be a a scott record and if not the next one after this one is but april okay. 21st we have story of the year with the black swan
1: i like story of a year enough off of their first record but never right. went further with them. So Black Swan, I have no idea. I actually think Emily likes them more than I do.
0: Oh, that's fair. For some reason, their logo, like that dragon type thing, mm-hmm. it's also the logo of like a snowboarding company or a like inline skating company. And it always confused the hell out of me how they both had this logo. Yeah. And and, it, and I never could latch on.
1: Boy Sets Fire had a logo kind of like that too. It did have a logo yeah. like that too.
0: Yeah. yeah, but I only learned about that one more recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, even if you weren't listening to this one, you had to be listening to this next one. April 22nd, Goldfinger put out Hello Destiny.
1: Yeah, I did. I remember that one. We at least got one that you listened to. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not my favorite. More of a earlier-on Goldfinger fan. Uh, but it's it's all right. It's all right.
0: So then we have two records that came out same day as the record we are here to talk about today on April 28th. We may have touched on this band briefly. I've never listened to them, but I know their name.
1: I've heard of them. Portishead put out the album Third. Yeah, I we're both in the same in the same boat on that one. I've seen like their name in... all over the place. People walking around in Portishead T-shirts. Uh, mm-hmm. The little the block P logo on stuff. No idea what they're like. Not a yeah, like they're in
0: there, though. There was a couple other bands we mentioned a, like a week or, so, or like a couple weeks ago that were in that same realm where like we knew their name. Uh, Interpol, I think that's one of them.
1: Yeah, that's another one. No idea.
0: Uh, yeah, there's a couple of them that are just so out there, but never, never have listened to one track. Nope, nope, me neither. And also, April 28th, last one I have here is Mindless Self Indulgence put out. If
1: I know like the bare minimum. From okay. that band like I think I've heard one track
0: and like I couldn't even hit? tell you
1: what kind of I don't even know if it's a hit like okay. I I don't even know I remember I th- I think it's mindless self-indulgence they had like a cover of what looks like a Frankenstein monster girl I'm not gonna be I'm not
0: ah, a God. giant mindless self-indulgence fan I've heard probably 10 tracks total don't know okay. which albums. But in my head, this is one of the, remember those situations. I always say in my head because (laughs) it's not correct. Mindless self-indulgence to me was always like a more frenzied and fast say anything. Okay. Now, if that's true, I don't know, because also never
1: really listened to a full say anything album. So I, uh, I don't care enough about say anything to bring you one of their records. Yeah. But I have. I mean, I
0: know they're hits. Like, I know I know Sandy Things hits more than I know Mindless Self Indulgence hits in quotes,
1: I guess. Right. Uh, I was correct about the album cover I know from Mindless Self Indulgence.
0: It is a Frankenstein?
1: So I, yeah. It's Frankenstein Girls Will Seem Strangely Sexy is the name of the record.
0: I'm guessing you found that accidentally while looking for Frankenstein Girls on the internet.
1: I know. That would have been something <laughs> I. Was looking. You through, were just. Like, the CD were rack or something and saw it. You were googling yeah. and you were like, you know what? I need to. I
0: need to see some Frankenstein girls today. Let's do this. <laughs> sexy Frankenstein girls, please. I need to look up sexy Frankenstein
1: girls. <laughs> Thank you very much. But yeah, I don't think I've ever. I might have listened to like a song from them. I, I've never listened to a full project from them at all.
0: I knew some people that were pretty in, heavily into mindless self indulgence, like into into mindless self indulgence. Oh, okay. Like, oh, okay, okay, man. Like, do you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Alright, so moving on to the Billboard. The week of April 26, 2008. First up, I have Billboard Hot 100. At number five, we have Touch My Body by another person always on these charts, no matter what album we got, Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I knew these people were successful. Like, we talk about the Mariah Careys and, I mean, J-Lo Lincoln Park, and Westbrook, and-, and I and I just never... Put into perspective that it actually means no. They're legit on the on the charts, like the the career
1: length type thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. It just it just it kind of puts into perspective where every time we do this, they're on the charts. Right. Yeah. At number four, "Love in This Club," Usher featuring Young Jeezy. All right. You don't know that song? I don't know that song. It is pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking bad but great. (laughs) Gotcha. And I do love Young Jeezy, so that'll always work for me. At number three, we have No Air, Jordan Sparks' duet with Chris Brown. Okay, what a weird thing that is! Never heard that existed in my life. Yeah, made it and to number it's three. Number three. Okay, uh, you will at least know number two. It is Lollipop, Lil Wayne. Oh
1: yeah, I do know and that
0: song. If you could tell me who the feature in this was, like who the other person was, I will I will mail you a one hundred dollar bill.
1: Oh, no, that's not fair.
0: (laughs) Because I know that song. Because it's not even a feature. It's Lil Wayne and. Ah, shit. So it was probably the producer, I'm going to guess, but it's not a well known producer. That's why I'm offering the 100%. No idea. No idea. Static Major. Okay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Lil Wayne and Static Major with Ollie Bob. All right. And then the number one. Track on the Billboard Hot 100 week of April 26, two thousand eight. You have to know this song because this song was a giant, and I've said that before. You haven't known it, so right, yeah. Find out "Bleeding Love" by Leona Lewis. I think I do know that song. I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna attempt it. a Leona Lewis impression here because I can't do it.
1: Yeah, I recognize the name of the song, Leona Lewis. I. No is a singer, but I you can't would place know Leon Lewis
0: from "Bleeding Love." I think I uh, think that, that would is be my one. guess. Yeah. That song was so big that it made her a fucking monster star for a bit. Gotcha. Okay. So moving on to the Billboard 200, April 26, two thousand eight. At number five, we have "Accelerate" by One REM. Oh, you're in two thousand eight. Eat REM number five on the charts. Wow, man, was excited to see that. Haven't listened to that record yet. I will no, at course. some point. Yeah. But I was excited to see, like, wow, they were doing it, doing it in two thousand eight. Yeah, wow. Or is, or is that just like all the REM fans have been waiting and they just bought it and it <laughs> shot the album up in the charts? Right. Yeah. At number four, we have the always present. Now that's what I call music. Oh, jeez. This is volume twenty-seven. But the U.S. version. Yeah. All right. Moving on to number three on the Billboard 200 week of April 26, 2008. No idea what this is. Couldn't, mm. couldn't tell you for a million dollars. Sunset Man by James Otto. Not a clue. No. Never heard any I, of those words together in a sense. Not at all. James Otto. I've never heard that name. James Otto, American singer-songwriter. It looks like he's country. It looks like it says country now. Okay, maybe that's so, why then. The country album. That's why I wouldn't have heard it either. Yeah. At number two, we have Troubadour by George Strait. Okay, I I know okay. of the man. And number one, kind of indicative of how big that bleeding love song was, the album Spirit by Leona Lewis.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay.
0: So Bleeding Love took that album to number one for quickly. Sure. Yeah. And then I got two other ones here. Kind of one for you. Kind of one for me. Whew, love it. At, at number eight, we have the album Trilla by Rick Ross.
1: That's all you. I will never let
0: that dude go by without mentioning his name. <laughs> right. His his biography, one of the books on my On the arch. arch. Yeah. The arch of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then I have at number forty-seven "Minutes to Midnight" by Lincoln uh, Park. Yep, forty-eight weeks on the chart at this point. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: There, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just I know we at at this point we can't let a week go by where we don't mention that Lincoln Park was on the chart somewhere because forever. Yeah, they ever don't leave.
1: The yeah, that is one band that I missed a show like I never got to see.
0: You've never saw Lincoln Park? I don't
1: think I did. wild yeah
0: is there any person that would if they did like a tribute tour no nope. and played and and like would sing chester's role like even even if chester's son became a artist
1: that might be different i might be willing to let that one slide we we all know how i hate singers coming in after either they leave the band or die i I hate that, but they're like even Chester, when he filled in for uh, Scott uh, Weiland on the Stone Temple Pilots, when they did that tour, I couldn't get down with that. Like, I didn't like that idea at all. You know what I don't like about that? The Stone Temple Pilots part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew it, but you've never listened to a full project from them. Yeah, that's true. That's, so that's true. You're going to get one. Yeah. And I uh, will try. Exact. Hey. That's all. That's all I ask. But no, I don't think there's anybody that I think could like fill those shoes.
0: I'm just trying to think of somebody even with the voice power that could even attempt it.
1: I don't think there is. Like I just I watched. Uh, I, actually, it's real funny. I watched a, a live video of Linkin Park playing some festival, and it was just his voice is just so damn amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm, and try, I, I'm
0: trying to think of people with like that strong of voices but also because like his voice was strong and it, but it was also definitive and like gravelly like a tiny bit of gravel in there yeah yeah
1: i don't know i don't yeah i don't, I don't know there
0: is one. adam yeah. lambert Oof. i do like adam
1: lambert with queen though i'm not gonna lie i really don't like the fact that he's trying to stand in for freddie mercury
0: He's not, though, because it's not it's not queen. It's queen with Adam Lambert. It's kind of like fucking it's like sublime with Rome. No, that's bullshit.
1: Yeah, yeah, but
0: fuck off. It's more acceptable than if it said, hey, I'm queen. Hey, I'm sublime. Like they're they're at least acknowledging like, yes, they're not. the I get that. But no, I don't fucking like it. You cannot like it. I'm not saying I like it, but (laughs) you you can't be as mad at it as if it was just were queen. Sure. Uh, I still have it. Yeah, you can hate it, but there's it's a little <laughs> less hate than if he said he was queen.
1: Yeah, he's not trying to be Freddie Mercury, but no, I don't like it. Okay, fair. Yeah, I'm not trying to talk you off that ledge. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, that. I think that's one of those hills that I'm going to die on forever. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. So,
0: Underdog Alma Mater released April 29th, 2008, 12 tracks, 39 minutes, 48 seconds. Quick one. Scott, yeah. take it away, I guess. I'm, I'm worried because I
1: have <laughs> ideas of what's going to happen. But uh, These notes that I wrote down for almost every song are like a paragraph long.
0: No, I don't like that. <laughs> Next so, thing, you need to tell me when your notes are that long so I can cut my notes down a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so starting off with "Whoa, Oh, Me Versus yep. Everyone. Yes, sir. <laughs> right off, these guys sound like the perfect blend of Fallout Boy and more recent Panic at the Disco, where it's like the poppiest of the poppiest mm-hmm. of punk. Super dancey. It's definitely not a band I would have gravitated towards at any point in my life. But it's full mm-hmm. of fun and like party vibes. Yeah. Uh, I can see teenage girls going nuts to this band. Uh, hey, I will teenage s- girls and one
0: teenage boy. <laughs> right. I saw them at Warped Tour in 07. Yeah, and I'm and sure there it, were a bunch of girls going crazy. But, like, not only did I see them, like, yeah. they were walking around the crowd and, like, jumping in pits and stuff. Like, they they were just dudes. It was awesome. I loved these dudes. <laughs> I did. I
1: love... I still do. I, I just, it, is. it is so poppy. It's unreal. Yeah, I just don't see, like, a regular show that I would have gone to being, like, these guys playing a show. Like, there's no way that, like... Like the crowd that I that I hung out in would have been the crowd that went to go see these guys. I think without
0: Warp Tour, I'm maybe not an, a a Forever the Six Kids fan. Like I think yeah. Warp Tour, because you're there to see just other bands, and then oh, yeah, we got a bunch of gotta, bands you don't really we know. Too. In, we got a break in the time. Who are we gonna go see? There's these three. There's these bands playing. All right, I'll go see this band, and then yeah. I saw Forever the Six Kids. Like right. I, I will forever be grateful to Warp Tour for doing things like that for introducing for me sure. to bands that I would have never checked out otherwise.
1: Yeah, I agree. So please continue with, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry (laughs) to interrupt. No, I I will say this. The music was deserving of me immersing myself in it. Uh, So usually when I'm I'm listening, I'll have like one earbud in and -hmm. just kind of like taking it in. In order to get the full effect of this band, I had to have both in and just completely shut out everything. Mm -hmm. I dig the double vocals a lot. The little 808 effects in there really add to the poppy feeling. The mixture of sounds is so crazy in this song. Acoustic guitars, piano, keys, eight oh eights, crunchy guitars, gang vocals. It's like dance punk. Yeah. It's super fucking catchy though. Yeah. I mean,
0: and this is kind of what that neon wave was. Like this is what the neon pop punk stuff was. And yeah, I didn't notice this wave at all. Like, I yeah. was not, yeah. This well, see, is
1: super, like...
0: Lucky. 2008. How old were you in 2008? I was... 25? Oh, 26? 26. 26, 26. See, I was, in 2008, I that was the year I graduated. So I was 18. So, yeah. like, the world's opening. You know what I mean? Right, Even yeah. kind of real, I mean? I was fucking, had to grow up early. But yeah. at 18, like, it's like, wow, this is, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I'm an adult. Like, let's right. let's go. And then, weirdly enough, as an adult, I was like, "Yeah, let's go
1: party like teenagers." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was a year into my marriage, and yeah, uh, yeah this wasn't for you at the time. No, uh, I think what, this is April. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily and I were talking about having a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this wasn't this wasn't anywhere near your thought process at the time. April is the fourth month. We were we were talking about it. We were working on it right then.
0: Yeah, this came out. Two days after my 18th birthday.
1: Yeah, Lucas was born in February, so. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: have a bit of information on "Whoa." Oh, just a quick little side. Fantastic! I love it. There was there was a remixed version released on May 26, 2009,
1: featuring Selena Gomez.
0: Oh my god! Does that
1: sound any more perfect for me? That sound it do, it does sound perfect for you. Although I can't imagine this being remixed. Yeah, I mean, it's how are you going to make this more dancey? It's basically
0: the same song. She just does the kind of chorus vocals on it. Like, that's kind of the only difference. I gotcha. Moving on to the second track. And as we know now, the track that basically got them their record deal.
1: Hey, Britney. Hey, Britney. Uh, These dudes know exactly what they're doing with this sound. It's like an amazing blending of things that I love and things that I have historically hated. Yes. Yes. uh it's wild the keyboard intro to this track reminds me of something but i can't quite place it and then like other mi- instruments come in and like the second part of the intro they give me give it a completely different feel especially with that um the that bass run like there, there's a little bass run that starts it, like they're only like five second little spots of an intro But they're like completely wildly different because then a third part comes in for the intro where it sounds like atmospheric black metal type shit in the background. And I'm just like, what is going on here? I'm in a different world at each five part, like five seconds of this intro. It's crazy how disoriented I became in the first 25 seconds, but it all worked. it's, It's wild.
0: It's wild that this is their debut album, too, because the sound is so realized. The, like The sound is exactly what they want and what they
1: got. And then but like the fact that they came from three different bands. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I kind of totally get that now. You can hear like all of them in there just because it's like even within songs like their song structure is so like vast and different changing up like every 30 seconds. Like it, it's it's wild. So then moving on to the third track, My Worst Nightmare. Uh, the craziness of the mixture of sounds on this is insane. I mean, they add small elements of hip hop a little on this track, but add these piano sections and even a bit of EDM that makes me feel comfortable and furious at the same time uh, while making me sing along to lyrics that I don't that that don't really matter. Yeah like i i focused more on the music for this whole entire record but like the lyrics like seeped into my brain and i'll sing along to them now but i don't like i don't get their meaning i i couldn't actually place a line together at all if i tried to
0: i think that's it i think i think you hit it like they don't matter like yeah. there's maybe like one or two choruses where you can be like okay i see that but most of it it's just
1: like there's just words, dog. We're just here having yeah. a good time. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. Like, I, I I wrote down, if I'm being honest, I'm just bopping up and down like I'm at a dance party. This is the weirdest feeling, and I'm only three songs in. Like, I've never been a dance party guy. Like, I, I think we've talked about it before. I hate electronic dance music. I hate techno. The, like, the little, like, rave scene, completely not what I'm about at all. But mm-hmm. then, like this shit has me like, like I can't listen to this shit at work because I just be <laughs> bouncing around while while at work with like fifty and sixty year old dudes. Like this can't, I yeah, I can't do it. People looking over me like, "What's up with Scott?" Every day, <laughs> for going on? sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this, this might have lent itself to me being so like upbeat today. This record. <laughs> I will take that. I will yeah. take that. We're only, three, we're only three tracks in. Let's go. For sure. That's track how track. I felt while listening to this thing, though. I'm only three tracks in, and I'm a completely yeah. different person listening to this record. Oh, perfect. Track number four, then. Believe Me, I'm Lying. Believe Me, I'm Lying. How do they make a dance beat with an acoustic guitar and an egg shaker? <laughs> <laughs> this comes from that acoustic, uh, like, electronic band that, that mixed in with that. That I didn't know about before this. Definitely. Yeah, man, the tempo and beat switch-ups are wild. They're combining, like, eight different songs into this one, and I'm completely in awe of how they've managed to make it cohesive. The do-do-do's might be a little much, but I can't help but sing along. And then, like, I clap along to the little hand claps, too. Yep. Yeah. And then a fucking xylophone (laughs) gets thrown in the mix (laughs) towards the end. This is just insanity. Like, what are you doing to me with this record? it's <laughs> it's in it's insane.
0: i I knew it was a gamble, but it was a gamble that I felt confident enough to take because even if even if by now you would have hated this record, yeah. I still love this thing enough for the sure. reasons you're saying. Like because yeah. it's fun and crazy and outrageous and just loud, but also, comforting in
1: a way it's really weird
0: it's really weird so that moving on to the fifth track Uh,
1: the the way way she moves moves, yep i am getting a bit of a good charlotte vibe off of the verses on this one the little record scratch sounds drive me insane because (laughs) i know it's not an actual dj scratching because yeah that's all post-production part of me is like I'm glad they didn't wreck a vinyl record for this song by trying to scratch an actual record. Uh, But then, like, the digital aspect of it just grinds me down. Like, I hate it so much. I'm not sure my head can take all of this. It's so crazy. I want to know what their writing process is like. How did they come to, it? like... How do these dudes all come to a practice space and be like, yo, I got this 15 second part that would go great in a song. Oh, that's great because I have these fake record scratching sounds that will sound perfect right after that. And then I got these crunchy guitars, dude, that'll sound great. But I got this really poppy melody I want to sing over top of it all. I would really love to see like a behind the scenes making of this record just to. I would like to see that, too, if I'm being honest. It would it would be the craziest thing so next up track six <laughs> she's These a lady. lady uh this might be the most straightforward song so far on the record but it's still got those little 808 drops and piano mixed in with the distorted guitars and the like typical pop punky drums then the bridge kicks in with those like dark crushing keys like it's like it, like it enfolds you into this dark space with those, uh, yeah, with, with that keyboard section. And it all just goes crazy. I'm not even really paying attention to the lyrics at all, at all. But I'm able to sing along. The, the band's pop awareness is like second to none. Like they it, it's, know. It's <laughs> yeah, they, they know what makes a good pop song. Mm-hmm. And then they add like distortion to the guitars and that, that's all they do.
0: Yep, that's the punk version of their pop punk.
1: It's yeah, it's so wild. So next up we have track seven, uh-huh. This one starts off with say girl, and I instantly get boy band vibes. <laughs> like in sync is right behind these dudes. Or yeah, even writing, writing the lyrics record. for them. I'll take that evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the music on this one doesn't really change that boy band feeling for me. The chorus sounds pop punky, but the rest of this sounds like it could have been on a Backstreet Boys record. This one is a little too on the nose poppy for me. That I'm not so amazed by the the musicality of it. I think at this okay. point, like being halfway through the record, I've gotten used to the crazy switch ups and the like mm-hmm. ADD of it all. This is definitely like the poppiest of the poppy punk. <laughs>
0: which I I knew it was, and I was worried, but I love the pop. I, I even mentioned, I think, when I said it, that they're a pop punk band that leans much more on the pop than the pop. Yeah, when you
1: were giving me this record last week. Yeah, that's, and that's for sure. Like, they definitely lean heavy that way. So then next up, we have track eight, Phone Call. This one is hitting so well on the pop punk vein that I don't have much to say about it. Like, this one is probably like the most. Most punk leaning so far. It's it's a good thing. You know, I, I know you thought I would get Get Up Kids vibes from some of the vocal inflections. Yeah, there's
0: a couple. Yeah.
1: But in this track in particular, I'm getting heavy Bayside vocal inflections. Okay. I've never listened and to And you haven't. Of yeah, you haven't. But like that, especially in like the second verse, his vocals do something similar to what the singer from Bayside does. Uh, The chorus on this track is immaculate. Uh, Love me some really great gang vocals and a stray woo every now and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this was this was the song. Oh, good shit. Okay. yeah. (laughs) So track nine, we have breakdown. Uh, The back half of this record seems to have gotten more accessible for me. Yeah, Uh, less in the super poppy vein or maybe my brain has just gotten used to the mixture of all the crazy elements uh this band has going on. They've added some crazy 80s synths and electronic drum sounds to this one. Yeah, yeah they did. Uh, that that has me questioning my existence. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. That's not yeah. a good part. This song uh, should not want
0: we'll to move on. He's going to move on past the song quickly.
1: <laughs> no, no, I like I, it's it's crazy like this band is able to combine these crazy insane song elements into a mal- an amalgamation that like i've been made to think is good <laughs> like <laughs> like i don't i don't know if it necessarily is good but like in my head i'm like yeah sure it has to be good
0: <laughs> is is that because it's done well like even though the so. sounds even though the sounds might not work for you it's done so well that you're like yeah this might be good <laughs> it's probably that.
1: <laughs> so moving on to track 10, that for me. This is the first track that I focus completely on the lyrics. Like I've been able to flip my mind over and I can kind of relate. I remember having feelings like this when I was an older teenager. Uh, the keys in the background definitely give me Get Up Kid vibes on this one. Even the acoustic towards the end with the accompanying piano is very Get Up Kid's. Uh, as far as like later recordings, not the, not the record I gave you, but like they're more um, like they they have a record called on a wire that definitely gave me this. Like I got that feel from this song. Next up track 11 coffee break. I don't drink coffee, but this track kind of makes me want to, <laughs> uh, this is a fantastic wind down track. The strings on this give the song so much depth. Uh, It's a really great, like, starts off acoustic-y and, like, like super wind-down. Yeah. This is
0: Tara's favorite track of this album. She loves this track. Yep, it's on my top three. (laughs) 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 So then, the closer,
1: we have Catastrophe. uh, Another Panic! at the Disco Party track. I just wrote down I wouldn't have wanted it to end any other way. It needed to end with that, just... Even with the wind-down... It's like an encore track. Yeah, it is. Yeah, if Coffee Break is like the wind-down closer to the album, they come back with catastrophe, and they're like, one more song for you guys! Yeah.
0: yeah. It's like when like <laughs> Mike M. leaves the stage, and then they come back out to play Helena. Helena, yeah, 100%. <laughs> All right, so you mentioned it, but give me your top three.
1: Okay, uh, number three is actually... Coffee break and catastrophe together. I okay. like I said, I wouldn't have wanted this record to end any other way. I love mm-hmm. the wind down, close out uh, for the album, and then like I said, uh, catastrophe is just one more song, and then they yeah. they jump on and do their thing. Uh, I thought it was a great closing to the record. My number two is believe me, I'm lying. Okay, yeah, yeah, just the do do dos Yeah, it's it.
0: It's do, a fun do, 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 do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it, it had me, like I said, it had me bouncing around.
0: And like... it's wild because all these things that you're saying you're liking out of this album are not things
1: that you no. would have said you even would attempt to like. Never. Before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then my number one should come as no surprise. It's phone call. Yeah. You mentioned that that was the one. That's yeah. The that was one. the one. Yeah.
0: I felt a little bit like you with my top because I don't have a top three. I have a top five. Seven. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a top six. Love uh, it. And maybe not even any particular order. I, I might put catastrophe at number one because I really do love catastrophe.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh she's a lady, probably two, but that's that's close close with Believe Me, I'm lying, because I love that track too. That for me is there. <laughs> Coffee Break is there. Hey Britney gets thrown into. I I I absolutely adore this record. I don't understand how it's so good. Like, I think I had your same attitude when I first heard it. I was like, how is it good, though? Like, how is this good? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I think I could probably blame Forever the Sickest Kids for making me even into neon at all. Because, like, I don't think I cared. And then I listened to them. I was like, holy shit. What am I doing? This is it. This is what I want to be a part of. Yeah. I do love this record. So I got to ask you the question, Scott. Okay. Forever Six Kids, Underdog Alma Mater, Throne, Own, Phone, or Grown?
1: I ran the gamut with my opinions about this record. It definitely has a ton of grown aspects for it, like, <laughs> going on for me. However, it gets me in this headspace that I just don't, like, I don't know how... Maybe I just need to listen to this when I'm in a bad mood and it'll pick me up. I think so. But it, this one rides the line between phone and own. Uh, like if, if I'm if I'm out and I see it for a good enough price, I'd, I'd pick it up.
0: I just picked up, there was a, I guess it had been a a recent 10 year. I couldn't have been 15 years because it hasn't been 15 years. It hasn't been 15 yet. So maybe it was a 10-year, I picked up a 10-year repressing of it, or maybe it was just a random repressing, I don't know. But I picked mm. up a repress recently of it that was I was stoked about, and it sold out very quickly. So oh, I, yeah. if you find it loud, more power to you. But I had to search down a wild, like, record label that was putting this thing out. Oh, I, wasn't gotcha. even, I think they signed to Fearless Records later, like after, because oh, okay. yeah, Universal, Universal Motown went under. And then I think they were independent for a bit, and then they were signed to Fearless. Okay. So just qu- some quick cleanup on Forever the Sickest Kids here. After Underdog Alma Mater, they put out two other records. They put out the self titled Forever the Sickest Kids in twenty eleven, and they put out J A C K in twenty thirteen. Other than that, they haven't really done much. I mean, they've broken up and gotten back together a few times. They oh, okay. played a they played a show called like the Sad Tour in 2019, I think it was. The SAD Tour? Yeah, I think it was some like... It just does not vibe with this band. I think it was more like along the lines of, hey, Forever Second Kids were part of that Warp Tour group of the time. So I think that it was based around that. They were in three of the Punk Goes records. Like they were in Punk Goes Crunk in 08, where they covered Men in Black. I think we mentioned that. Yeah, we did mention that. Uh, They're in Punk Goes Classic Rock. And I think we talked about that too. They cover Crazy Train. <laughs> oh wow. And then Punk Goes Pop Five, where they cover we found own love. song. We found Love by Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, I, I still love these dudes. This album was definitely the high point for me. I even love the, the deluxe version of this where they add 17 tracks. Oh my god, they add 17? Yeah, and I mean, some of them are like, you know, demo versions of the same track. Sure, yeah. But uh, I didn't want to tell you this before we did the record, because I didn't want you to look at it a different way. But Mm -hmm. most of the songs on this record came from their EPs. Oh, okay. But the fact that they all still work together so well just shows how much they had their sound down. Yeah. Like, every track works on this record. It sounds like they were all written for this record, but they were all just put out at different times on different EPs. So, that's impressive yeah it's pretty crazy yeah this wasn't the only thing you were listening to this week even though it kind of sounds like you, you maybe should listen to it more because it sounds like it might have put you in a good mood i, I listened to it a lot this week i'm gonna be honest do you share it with the family at all uh no do you think there's any interest on either end of that spectrum <laughs> possibly i don't know <laughs> I, I might have them listen to it at least a few tracks maybe could you imagine why I did love the original Emery, I'm Only a Man record now?
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> if, if this is the poppiest of the pop punk, yeah. Emery rides that line in between mm-hmm. even closer. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Okay, so other than this record though, Scott, what yeah. were you listening to? What's your record of
1: the week? I was listening to the new Butch Walker record, uh, Butch Walker as Glenn. It's not like a concept record or anything like that, but like the songs aren't written as a concept, but the record as a whole is like a guy playing a bar. So like you get a, you get a guy who like an announcer who starts the record off halfway through the record, there's a bar fight. Like you hear the sounds and stuff and then the announcer comes back and uh, at the end and closes out and uh, it's fun. Uh, Butch Walker, this is, his first time writing a record on his piano since like his second record. And it's like his seventh or something like that. Um, I don't even know who Bush Walker is. I know he's on the list for you. I don't want to get too deep into him because I am going to give a record of his to you. And uh, he's got some pretty great uh, background. Okay. So I, I won't dive into it here, but yeah, you can look forward to find, listening to something from him. Uh, but yeah, I really, really dug it. Fair enough. My record of the week, I, I may have sent you a little clip of this
0: just because I don't understand how this guy does not get more recognition than he does. He doesn't get talked about enough. Maybe because he's not signed to a label and he's kind of just been an independent artist this whole time. It is Mayhem Loren's new project with Derringer. Yeah, it is you Black. Did send me a clip. I mean, holy shit, man. I just don't understand. And I, he does have features on this record from Conway and West Side Gun. So I'm oh, kind of wow. hoping. Yeah, I was gonna kind say, of is of going to be part of the Griselda fam? I don't know if he ever will because he he's hundred percent fine with being an independent artist. I think like oh, he okay. doesn't. I think there may be an opportunity there to get signed, but he just doesn't. Yeah, if he you doesn't want I mean? it, then yeah. But he just he's he's so fucking good. I mean, the only downside that may turn some people off is he does say some weird shit sometimes. Like he has a whole song <laughs> about a girl's nipples at one point, and <laughs> like he does okay. say some weird shit. But I think he is so he's so good at rapping that yeah. it's almost unfair. There is a bar in here where he says that he's a sturgeon surgeon, and I don't even know what that means. A sturgeon is a fish. I know a sturgeon's a fish, <laughs> but what does being a sturgeon surgeon mean? Like, like he it's knows crazy. how to fillet.
1: There's he knows how to cut
0: it up there's another part where he says like his right hand is his shooter and it never misses or something. And he goes, but my left hand is actually my right hand. Cause I'm a Southpaw. It's like, that is a wild piece of writing. There. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a wild piece of writing. I just love him. I love mayhem. I love this record. Uh, it's called black Vladimir. I don't know if I said it. It's mayhem, Moren and Derringer. Cause Derringer produces the whole thing. Oh, okay. And, uh, mayhem, Loren calls him Dara genius, which is kind of funny. You know, like through the whole thing he goes, yeah. cause he calls himself, Lorenovici also like mayhem, wow. Lorenovici. Gotcha. So Runavici and Dera genius.
1: I, I think it's great. <laughs> I love it, it when an artist can lock in with one producer on a project. Yes, yeah. and I think yeah.
0: Derringer because Derringer's worked with them a lot. Like Derringer's worked with Mayhem. He's worked with Action Bronson.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah.
0: I love this record. It's still on heavy rotation because I I'm a big fan of this thing. And yeah. Mayhem Moran, I will. Continue to say how he is underappreciated as an artist. He's fucking sure. phenomenal. So we got all that out of the way. Yeah. The Sickest Kids Underdog Alma Mater was on the fence in between own and phone, which yeah. I will accept because I definitely thought you were going to be, I thought the electronic parts are going to turn you off too much. There are certain songs where the vocals are auto tuned, which I thought would turn you off. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, there are a bunch of things in here that should turn you off, and they didn't. I've had yeah, I've had records like that too. It's so crazy. <laughs> you've given me records where I was like, I don't know why I like this, but I do. <laughs> right. But I'm glad that's where we hit with it. I'm excited, but you've shocked me now twice with Kesha and Forever Six Kids, and I am maybe I'm just a pop kid. I'm glad you're giving me a record now, though, because I'm in, I'm so back on my heels from things I've given you <laughs> that I wouldn't know what to bring you if I had to bring you another record today. But I'm not bringing you a record today. Scott, no. tell me what I'm listening to.
1: I'm going to bring you a band that we've talked about you wanting to get into. Radiohead. No. We're going to oh, go okay. with The Hold Cure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to go with... Their record, The Head on the Door. Is this early? Is this late? Am I allowed this to know that? This is middle. This is kind of the end of the early stuff, I guess. There, There is some surprises on this one. Okay. Uh, but I think this might be the, the way I can get you to listen to some of their other stuff. Okay, so this is like the entry into it. This is The Door. Kind of, because they're more seminal records have like eight minute songs on them. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. I <laughs> yeah. will take this. So this. Yeah. This is the way I can get you to possibly like them and then okay. maybe venture into pornography or, or disintegration.
0: See this, the, the whole eight minute song thing. I think I can do eight minute songs mm-hmm. if there's not 15 of them. Like, if you have a track or if you yeah. have an album, it is, let's even go 10 tracks. Oh, that's still an 80-minute album. That's rough. If you give me eight tracks that are eight minutes a piece, that's a little over an hour. I, I think I can manage that. But okay. when the track and the album are long, that's when I can start to struggle.
1: Yeah. And and The Cure don't have, like, really long records. Okay. But those, those two that I mentioned previously like they're they're big ones they have like three or four songs that are like seven minutes or longer six minutes or longer uh and i didn't want to hit you over the head with those right off (laughs) yeah and i I thank you for that because yeah i don't want to be turned off of the cure immediately no i i want you to like them and i think this record does some stuff within the record that you you might latch on to so the cure, head on the door next yeah.
0: week. I'm excited. Me too. Follow us on Twitter at AOLPod. Send us an email at are at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. link will be in the show notes. Go tell a political science doctorate about us that's
1: going to be on CNN later. Later. <laughs> this shout year. out. Shout out, Mike. Love you, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go, tell, go tell a former professor that is now writing political science books about us. Uh, that's the, that's the need. He's he's not writing books about us. No, <laughs> he's no, no, just no. writing books. There was a comma in there. There was a comma. Yeah. Um. Thank you for listening, Scott. Thank you for the episode. Thank, thank you for you. the ship. And I am so stunned and excited that this <laughs> album put you in a good mood. Yeah. And I have to think that it has to be because there is a part of you that knew
1: how much this album put me in a good mood that helped. Yeah. You. Uh, that knowing that you're bringing it to me and yeah. then me being to, able to latch onto like anything about it usually helps things. I imagine if you would have discovered this record by yourself and heard two songs, would you'd not.
0: Have been like, this, is, this is gone. This probably. is probably, probably <laughs> <laughs> most likely. Thank you. I'm excited to listen to this cure record. Listeners, thank you for listening. I said listening again before. I'm going to say, "Are you listening?" <laughs> I hate it. There needs to. We worked so hard to get that beginning done, and we got it good now. And now I struggle with this ending every single
1: <laughs> right. time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> are you listening? Are you listening?
0: We are. We are. We are. I was heavy into the neon. Like I can't listen to this shit at work. I'm guessing you found that accidentally while looking for Frankenstein girls on the internet. Maybe I'm just a pop kid. Venture into pornography.